This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to A Page Too Far, the show where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other all about it. Do you think it'll be bad or good? Well, I don't know anything about it. Okay. Uh, you just told me it would be fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess it's bad. Okay. Uh, well, let's find out. My name is Daenerys Targaryen, the first of her name, Queen of Marine, Queen of the Andals, and the Rhoynar, and the First Men, Lady Regent of the Seven Kingdoms, Protector of the Realm, Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, called Daenerys Stormborn, Breaker of Chains, Misa? I don't remember that one. Yeah. The Unburnt. Misa, the Unburnt. The Misa is what they call, the slaves called her when she freed Oh, yeah, you're right. It's Mother or whatever. Yeah. Mother of Dragons, or you can just call me Danny. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Puff. Puff the magic dragon. Hey, he made the connection. Lived by the sea. That's a great song. You know, they're adamant defenders that that's not about smoking weed, but like it's <laughs> clearly about smoking they weed. They legally had to say it had nothing right, to do with right. smoking weed. And they, they stick to it to this day. Right. I used to listen to that song to fall asleep. My grandmother had it on like a cassette of children's songs. Yeah. It was a great song. Ceiling wax and strings and other fancy things. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. How you doing today? Uh, I'm good. My brain has been in a fuzz all fucking day. It happens. And I don't, yeah, I don't know why. I think it's the heat probably. I just don't think well in yeah. the heat. I, a friend of mine texted me the other day and they're like, yeah, it's, it's been nice actually getting a spring. And I'm like, what's that like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went from 50 degrees to a hundred degrees with no in between. Yeah. Literally next week it should drop down to the seventies. Is it supposed so, to? I didn't even look. Yeah. I don't pay attention. Uh, no, that's excellent. Um, yeah, we were going to do this yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I went to pull up my notes and they were corrupted. And it's like the first time in my life I've ever had a file corrupt. And I didn't have a backup on my phone. I've literally never heard of a PDF being corrupted. That's what I'm saying. It's sent in attachment, but the attachment had zero data. (laughs) It said, like, because I went to different sites and things to try to repair it. And they're like, there's nothing on this file. Right. This is just a name. That's all this file is. It's like when when you write a letter or something. And then you seal the envelope, stamp it, mm-hmm. write the address, take mm-hmm. it to the post office, and then you get back home and the letter is just sitting there. You didn't put it in the envelope. Exactly. Exactly. You just <laughs> sent the empty envelope. I should do that as a prank sometime. Uh, I've definitely done that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, so this week I read Twisting the Rope by R.A. McAvoy. Wow. Now, that's an author we've heard before. It it sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I don't remember who wrote that, though. Okay. Or, I mean, who the, who the author is. Right, right, who they are. This is the sequel to a book we read for episode 20. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I'll give you the names for that one if you want to keep guessing. Okay. I was Ancalagon the Black. Uh, okay. It's, uh, okay. it's one of the dragon ones. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it's either Tea with the Black Dragon mm-hmm. or Chasing the Dragon. Chasing the Dragon was pretty early, so I'm going to say it's a sequel to Tea with the Black Dragon. You got it. Oh, yes. This is the sequel to that. Do you remember anything about that? I do. I do. I remember it pretty well, actually. It was, it was one of the more memorable books, I think. I forgot all about it. Like, okay. I knew it existed. <laughs> I knew it existed, and I knew, like, the ba- the basic premise of one of the characters. Right. But I completely forgot everything else. So I went back and re-listened to it. How, how can you forget, no, I'm in love with your mother? <laughs> I, I completely forgot that. Oh, 100%. That was, was I, forgot, my... I forgot they were searching for her daughter. Mm-hmm. I forgot that a cat died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot I forgot that the author is in that book very very um the author isn't the author writes in a style that expects that you know what's happening. Mm, okay, yeah. Uh and that holds true still. <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh this book was written in 
It's copyright as of April 2014, but I think it was written in like 1986. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and it is 189 pages long, published by Open Road Media, Sci-Fi, and Fantasy. Open Road is a great name for a company. It is. It's a good. It's a good name. Yeah. I don't know about a publishing company, but yeah. Uh, but you know, someone who produces audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. I can most see that. most people listen to them on the road. So. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. There's a preface where the author says, yeah, I wrote some stuff in Irish. Deal with it. Wow. It's more words than that. I guess his editor had some notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot in this book that's just the Irish language written out, which I have yeah. no idea how to pronounce. I'm not going to attempt. And I also don't know what it means because he doesn't tell you. So, right, right. Yeah. I'll kind of mention that as we go, but it happens you know, okay. occasionally. If you see a vowel, just assume it's an A. Sound. That's actually fair. Yeah. That's that's not a terrible idea either. Um, we open with an argument. Now, it took me about six pages to figure out who was arguing and what was going on. Okay. Okay. But uh, in the time since we left, the main character was Martha McNamara. Okay. Was the, the mother from Tea with the Black Dragon. Right. And Maylin Long, the aforementioned Black Dragon. May Long. May Long, yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write that at all this time. Good, good, I good, was good. looking for it. And right. I didn't do it. Um, they have had, well, so I have here in the notes, they have a child, mm-hmm. but they don't. It's Martha's daughter's child. So it's Martha's granddaughter. Grand, granddaughter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't made, made clear until like two chapters in that she wasn't their kid. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're just talking and there's a kid. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, it is Martha's granddaughter. Her name is Marty. Cause that's not confusing at all. Yeah. Uh, so, it, uh, you said granddaughter. Yes. It's, I assume though they never say it. I assume it's Martha. As mm-hmm. well, yeah. But everybody calls her Marty. Martha, the mother, has started a Celtic tribute band. <laughs> okay. And oh, because she plays violin. She plays violin. Yeah. yeah. And okay. She's really good at it. So she's stopped. She they she says this later, and I didn't put it in the notes. But w- every time she goes to perform, she has to remind herself, "I'm fiddling. I'm not playing the violin." Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fair. Uh, any violinist, I know there's one listening. Let us know what the mental difference is. I'm curious. And this band had been on tour for eight weeks. Okay. So one of the members, George St. Ives, <laughs> well, he isn't too thrilled with the group because he wants to do everything the traditional way. He's like, well, this isn't, this isn't how they did it back then. So we should change this and do it this way. Bro, bro. <laughs> yeah. People are dying of typhoid back then. They were. <laughs> so they maybe, were. maybe you shouldn't. Do you think he hold... brushes his teeth? It doesn't say, but. Uh, right. Because like, that, that's a question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the biggest complaint that he had is that they're using like a hodgepodge of instruments. So like the guitar player uses a Spanish guitar. Um, mm, okay. they use like a steel harp instead of a, I don't know, whatever. Um, and the bagpipes I think are Scottish bagpipes instead of Irish bagpipes, but they're his bagpipes. So they might be Irish. I don't I, know. I didn't know there was Irish bagpipes. There is, there, there is a difference. <laughs> yeah. There is a, there is a, I learned that when a Celtic band came to my school in nice. 10th grade, they're like, these are Irish bagpipes and they sound different. And we're like, we don't know. They're still annoying. Yeah. There's <laughs> same level of obnoxious. Exactly. There's a line in this book. That's like the, the one bag player or the, the one Piper's lament is finding a place to practice where you won't get the cops called. Right. Right. <laughs> they called it the Piper's lament though. And I love that. <laughs> so yeah, they're using a hodgepodge of instruments, uh, but they're mimicking a Celtic sound and they're good at it, but he's just like, we could be better. Uh, we also find out that Maylong is acting as uh, that was intentional is acting right, right. as road manager. So he's he's not playing, but he's managing the band because in the first book, he's like, I don't really play, but like, right. I love music. But he has a very bad cold. Okay. Dragons yeah. can get sick. This human form can. 
<laughs> yeah, because it's a human form of a uh, dragon. I guess. I'm still That's, not clear on that. I, I'm, I read the book, and I'm not either. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he tear his arm off? No, he got shot. Yeah, but I thought at the very end when he was fighting the guys, he had uh, his he was handcuffed, so he tore one arm or hand off. No, he didn't tear it off. He just injured it more by tearing the oh. handcuffs off. Yeah, I'm sorry if that was misconstrued. I believe this whole time he just ripped an arm off. Oh, that'd be dope. That would make it a much better story. But no, that didn't happen. It just healed. Yeah, It never comes up in this book. So Okay. Yeah, which is at least, it's like six years later. Uh, so that's, it's, it's plenty mm-hmm. of time for it to heal. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I think it's six. It's around six years, somewhere in there. Because um, Marty wasn't born, and I think Marty is five or six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who did uh, who did uh, uh, her mom hook up with? Well, you may remember a certain technician named Luke Frisch. Yeah. Him. Mustache. Yeah. Yeah, the one defining characteristic. Okay. He doesn't appear in this book except as a hyphen to Marty's last name. Right. Okay. So the band takes an afternoon to kind of get away from each other. They're just like, okay, we're fighting. We've been on the road for eight weeks. We just need to split. Yeah. Doing, just... uh, doing anything on the road is very hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. For like a day, let alone eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Now, at this point, um, I started to go back and listen to the previous episode because I was like, I don't remember any of the motivations or what's going on. Mm -hmm. I remembered something in the time since recording that episode that that episode's kind of been a fond memory for me. I thoroughly enjoyed the actual episode. Right. But I forgot how awful the book actually was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, How much useless dialogue there was in it. And the same holds true here. Um, Long and Martha and Marty were walking along the beach. Marty lost her sunglasses, so Long goes back to find them. Okay. And another member of the band comes up and says, yo, I think we can sort out George, the the one who was like, we got to do things traditionally. Okay. Like, we got to sort him out. Uh, we'll send him back to the 15th century. <laughs> we got to get Michael Crichton to write the book Timeline, and we'll do that. <laughs> oh, we find out um, that Marty likes this band member. His name's Ted. Think a uh, bit of a hippie. Okay. Um. Ted plays the guitar. Okay. I'm picturing Ted Danson. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I have no objections. And Marty doesn't like a lot of people. So the fact that she likes Ted is just like a nice guy, Ted. Okay. Yeah. Good guy, Ted. I have here in big, bold letters, none of the three women in that bloodline are likable in any way. What? Bloodline? (laughs) Well, um, Martha, Elizabeth, and Marty. You don't like any of them. I don't like any of them. They're all just like, they're all standoffish. I don't answer your questions. I'm a private person. I forgot about the whole cop thing. Right? They bring it up again in this. (laughs) No. They bring it up again in this. And they're just like, you remember when you you refused to answer the police when they picked you up because you ran away? And she's like, I wasn't running away and it wasn't their business. Like, no, you were. And it was. (laughs) But that was the dumbest part ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the one part. Like, out of all the parts that they refer back to, that's one of two that they refer back to is that scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, you know, that happened. Um, they're all, all the, all the, all the three, the three girls are like, ew, society. Um, Long rejoins the group with the missing sunglasses. So Marty gets her little glasses. What'd you call him? Long. His name is Malin Long. You you said rejoined. Long rejoins the group. Okay. I heard Long re joins the group. Oh, that's fair. (laughs) I said that like four times and we stopped saying that. No. Yeah. Long rejoins the group. Okay. Uh, with the missing sunglasses. This is about 10% of the book so far. 10%? Yep. Okay. Yep. I like it. A lot of useless dialogue to get the points across that have already gotten across, even though you're just you're just repeating yourself over right. and over and having your characters repeat themselves for some reason. The next scene depicts two members of the band, Pat and Ellen. 
Pat is his name is like Pedrag O'Sullivan. Jesus, okay, it's super Irish. Yeah. He says, "Call me Pat Sullivan." Okay, so I'm gonna call him Pat. And I don't know if it's Ellen or Elaine, but it's E L E N. E L E N. Yeah, because like when I think Ellen, there's two L's. Yeah, when I think Elaine, there's like an I in there somewhere. You sure that's not a typo? <laughs> it's consistent. Um, I'm gonna call her Elaine. Elaine. Pat and Elaine. Uh, they're also talking about St. Ives. See, Pat is the one that Ives has been picking on the most. Okay. Um, Does he have seven wives? Who? Pat or Ives? St. Ives. St. Ives with seven wives? Yeah. No. <laughs> Fuck. St. Ives has been picking on Pat, and that's kind of what caused the spat in the beginning. Elaine gossips that Ives wasn't who Martha wanted for the band, but the guy she did want mysteriously fell off a roof and broke his back. <laughs> okay. Nah, he was doing construction, and he fell off a ladder, and it was like a whole thing. So it wasn't... I, I was reading into this like, ooh, there's some dirt there. No, yeah. no, he's, it was an accident. Okay. So that Why even bring that up? Because Elaine is telling, I'm not going to stop saying that. Okay. He's telling Pat like, yo, George thinks he's so great, but like he wasn't even who he wanted on this band. But why not just leave it at that? He's why even Why even talk about someone who broke their back? Like just say you weren't even the one we wanted. Well, Elaine is talking to Pat. So George isn't right. part of this conversation. Okay. So she's like, yo, the guy, the guy that she really wanted Broke his friggin' back, dude. Uh, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> it's just it's just gossip. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's gossip for the sake of having a reason. Pure filler. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. Unnecessary. Like it doesn't go anywhere. Because like like I said, at first I thought it was like, oh, maybe maybe George sabotaged him. And yeah. No, nothing like that. He just, <laughs> just fell. You know what they say about writing? What's that? Where it's like you you want to create believable characters, but don't write about them taking a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, there's just a lot of stuff in everybody's daily lives yep. that is not necessary. It's like D and D; you don't role play like the actual sleeping or bathroom yeah. or whatever. Like yeah, you just kind of skip that stuff or showering. Pat is. We learn here he's very self deprecating. He's 20 years old. Um, Elaine is 24. Okay, and that's like his whole shtick is just like self deprecating humor mm-hmm. and mood, man. Um, <laughs> So Malin, Martha, and Marty go back to the hall where all their equipment was set up, and they find one of the doors, one of the bay doors open. So like the doors that you right. bring the back of the trucks up to. They find a janitor who says, that's impossible. Uh, but like door? it's open. But, yeah. But it's possible. So it, I guess it's not. Yeah. Well, this is the second time in this series that the author has been told something and the person just says no. The first time <laughs> you may remember in the first episode is when Mayland goes into Elizabeth's apartment Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, she's like, how'd you get in here? He's like, I climbed. She's like, that's impossible. And he's like, well, I'm here. So, <laughs> no, it isn't. He just holds out his arms. Yeah. Like, gesturing like, well. Exactly. That's, <laughs> why is that a recurring thing in this book? Maybe it's it, to, to kind of slap you in the face like, there's something fishy going on. You would be correct, except that the bay doors being open goes nowhere. It means nothing. God damn it. I, <clears throat> that's what I said. It's going to be a long episode. We're not almost done, but we're a chunk of the way through the book. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like nothing's happened. It's very back end heavy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They continue to search to make sure none of their stuff was stolen and Malin pulls on a door. It explodes outward. Awesome. Yeah. A trap had been set for someone, but who and why? So the door explodes outward. Malin is kind of like bruised and stuff, but it's not like a bomb went off. I think it's more like there was like a tension line set up on it. Oh. And when he touched it, it like they'd released all the hinges and it yeah. like fell on him. What a useless trap. <laughs> it's it 
Yes. We find out later it was meant to scare. Okay. Like to startle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they don't know who said it and they don't know why. They do realize, though, that George's equipment was like directly behind where that door was. So he, that he would be the primary person to walk in that door. Right. Right. Had the bay doors not been open and they've been investigating. Okay. I don't even know why they were going back to the hall in the first place. <laughs> They're just like, we're going back to the hall and then all this stuff happens and then they just move on. The answer is because someone had to trigger that trap. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. They question the band members, um, except for George. Okay. And all of them say that they have no idea it was a thing. They, it wasn't them. They could account for each other. Like Elaine and Pat were together. So like, no, it right. wasn't him. I was with him, yada, yada. Um, I'm going to predict that George set it up. Ooh, okay. Because his equipment is in there. Yeah. So he, he would have been the last person to walk out, maybe, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. set the mm-hmm. trap. And set it for somebody who's going in to maybe mess with his stuff. Maybe, yeah. Solid. Okay. So they spend a few more pages discussing and basically going, is it you? No. Is it you? No. And just talking about nothing until Martha decides to go for a walk. Do you think, I would love to write a story where it's kind of like a whodunit and it's starting to set up. Mm-hmm. And as they do their little questioning thing, they'll, they'll be like, Ryan, did you uh, set this trap? And he's like, yeah. Oh, fuck. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. I forgot to deny it. <laughs> um, so Martha decides to go for a walk. And George, who I refer to intermittently as George or St. Ives, depending on the situation, uh, is ahead of her. And she realizes that people recognize him because he's George St. Ives, but nobody recognizes her. And she's okay with that because he's being flagged down and waved left and right. And she's just walking peacefully by. Wasn't she famous at one point? She was like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And she's a violinist. So, you know. But George St. Ives is a bagpiper. Who I, don't know. <laughs> I love uh, I love saying because I used to play piano pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love saying I'm a pianist. I'm a pianist. I'm also technically a pianist. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm You're a, also a, a guitarist. I'm a guitarist and a drumist. A drumist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a thumper. <laughs> I hardly know her. So another chapter comes by. And we get a name for the band. It's an Irish name. And then the author explains that the name was actually a joke on uh, that one of the members came up with, but doesn't say what the name means and doesn't explain the joke. <laughs> Wonderful. Yep. Uh, there's so much Irish in this book and none of it is translated, but it's assumed that you know what it says. Anyway, the band is giving a performance later that night. Okay. And the performance is described in detail, but the only piece I cared about was the fact that the guitar is described uh, as the backbone or the bridesmaid of the other instruments, where the guitar is the one kind of setting the rhythm and the pace, which is correct in Irish music. The percussion is not the rhythm section. Well, it is, but it's not the primary rhythm. Primary rhythm is guitar, usually. Okay. Okay. And I like that detail, and they got that right. The rest of it was garbage. (laughs) Anyway, Mayland is sitting in a chair upstairs. Um... It's not upstairs. It's at their hotel. I'm sorry. Uh, at their hotel, reading to Marta, his grand. I wrote his granddaughter because at this point I thought it was his granddaughter, but uh, they're not married. Right, 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 right. But she calls him grandfather. Okay. Well, she calls him Dado, which means grandfather, and I hate that. Dado? Dado, D-A-D-D-O. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Dante. Yeah, and and in this, so here's 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 my notes as written. Mayland is sitting in a chair reading to his granddaughter, and I can't help but wonder, what the heck is the point of this right now? A door was flung off his hinges for a trap for a band member, but we're just going about our business as usual instead of finding out what happened. What's the driving point of the book right now because nothing's happening and I'm 20% through it? <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no, 
weight. There's no thread. Mm-hmm. It's just a band. They're uh, making you get along with the characters, especially Marty, because something bad's going to happen to her. Mayland is a dragon. <laughs> and he, he used to be. We haven't seen anything. And also, I'm, I want to go back to something at the end, um, because there's a prophecy in the first book that we'll talk about. Uh, so Long sort of has a vision where he stands up and looks back at Marty and she seems different. There's a, a feeling of dread cold. Um, and he grabs her and there's a hissing sound. Okay. Now this goes somewhere, but I also don't understand it. So then he snaps back to reality and all is fine. Okay. There goes gravity. <laughs> the band gives their performance and George makes a mistake. And Ellen later, Ellen, sorry, later accuses him of throwing despite the band. So, yeah, okay. But it's but that's that's what I wrote and that's what happens, but that's not how that's how that's how the characters perceive it, but that's not what happens. Oh, okay, okay. So what really happens is they're playing and they realize that they've keyed up a bit. So Pat is about to come in on his instrument which is I forget what he plays and his instrument is going to be off key. Right. So they all modulate. Yeah. to stay with him. But George doesn't. Okay, okay. So George sounds bad. And they're convinced that he did it on purpose. That's That would be really dumb. To throw, to make the band look worse than it is because he thinks that they could improve. And but it's his band as well. It is. There's no reason to do that. But he's like, maybe if I, in their minds, he's like, maybe if I do this and throw this way, then they'll realize that I'm right and we need better instruments. That's not logical. It's not. And it's also not what he did. He just made a mistake. Right. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't immediately just think he made a mistake. Because uh, they were fighting earlier today and yada yada. Fuck these people. They're children. You're right. I don't care about them anymore. You're correct. Marty is more <laughs> mature than they are. Jesus. Yeah. George insists it was just a mistake. Long shows up and says, yo, the booking agent ain't pay us yet. I'm gonna go find him. Okay. Apparently, yeah, I believe that. That's pretty standard. Sure, for, yeah, for totally. Fans. The next morning, Long is sick as a dog. He was never able to find the booking agent. Okay. Martha asks... If oh, he, he still has a cold. He still has a cold. Yeah, okay. Yep, very bad cold. And it gets kind of worse as the book goes on. He shouldn't be telling stories to Marty or whatever if he No, he shouldn't, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, she was like on his lap. Like, Ugh. bro. Coronavirus! Boundaries, man. Boundaries. Yeah. Martha asks if... She, if he found about the missing 500, this is the first we've ever heard of this. Yeah. What? $500 is missing from the, the band's bank account. Okay. So there's, there's another thing that I'm going to describe here. Cause I don't think I put it in my notes, which is the band has their own bank account. Right. Mayland is obviously super rich. Yeah. Martha refuses to take any of his money because it's the band's job to make the money and pay the bills. Right. And not his. Yeah. So the band is, and he's also the accountant. So the band is missing $500. They don't know where it is. This is the first we hear of it, though, which is the, hey, did you find it yet? Okay. Like, that's the first we hear of it. Right, right, right. Why? Anyway, we'll, we'll answer that question. We won't answer that question. It's because the author's incompetent. He says that he has an idea, but he doesn't want to say anything until he's certain. Okay. Which is very in his character. He doesn't want to do anything or act until he's 100% positive of what he's going to say. Right. Especially when it comes to missing money. He proposes to Martha. Okay, who, what does he propose? Uh, marriage. And she laughs it off, and we find out that this is kind of like a little game of theirs. They just do it over yeah, and over. Yeah, like, hey, over. yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you about it when I figure it out. Uh, marry me? And she's like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, I don't mind, you know, just we just want to make sure we find it. No, but, uh, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's like a little thing, a little thing. that It's actually kind of cute. I wouldn't do it personally, but, like, reading it in these characters, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Do they not believe in marriage? They do. 
They're just, they just haven't gotten around to it? Well, I mean, yeah, they're on tour, and it's only been six years. Yeah, six years. I assume they haven't six been touring that whole time. Years. No, they've been touring for eight weeks. Yeah, okay. <sighs> George St. Ives and Teddy are on the beach this morning. Okay. And George asks Teddy if he brought his drugs. <laughs> Do you bring my drugs? Ted gives him a bag with MDM in it. Okay, at least it's not super harmful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and there's like three different rants about how MDM shouldn't be classified as a class one drug. Right, yeah. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You, you know the type. Uh, I've got a gallon of PCP. <laughs> a literal gallon. <laughs> I didn't even know, like, it was in liquid form. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> what are you growing? Pot? Pots of what? Pot? <laughs> I'm not getting rid of it. And yeah, this is when Ted goes on one of his rants that the government only made it illegal so they could get easy marks from people still trying to use it because it works. Um, they walk off into the foggy morning. Okay. Malin follows the booking agent to his office. This is the next morning. Uh, where he refuses to pay. So, Long intimidates him. He's like, okay, look, right, like, the band, yeah, they're they're cool, but like, you see this gold watch, that's not brass. You see this like gold credit card case and all these credit cards- I don't need your money, but like you're going to pay them. Yeah. The guy says no. Okay. So Long grabs him by the throat. That's not okay. And pulls him across the desk and is like, you're going to write this check. Okay. And the guy's like, okay. And he post dates at 30 days. So he writes it. It's June. He writes it for July. Okay. And okay. Long's like, no. Well, first off, that is illegal. Um, Long's like, no, you're, you're dating it for today. And you're dating me now. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You will call me Mei Long. Um, the guy's like, no, I always write it 30 days out, which is legal. And you can suck it. Mm-hmm. And Long's like, you're going to die. And I'm going to change this date anyway. So you might as well just change the date. So he does. Okay. Um, he also says, Long also says, like, we signed a contract for us to get paid at this time. So right. you're paying us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which you should have just done first. Um, to quote Viserys yes. from Game of Thrones, you woke the dragon. He did. Yeah. He literally did. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a similar ending here. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they won't. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot how boring the middle, like, Daenerys' section in the second book is. Uh, I haven't actually read the second book yet, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. I'm working on it. It's so boring. At least in the beginning. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And the booking agent's like, yo, you guys broke my door. And they're like, we don't know who set that trap. Right. And it was your theater. Like, why are we responsible? He's like, because you're band agents and he calls martha a biddy <laughs> he's like that biddy martha like, really come on it's i mean i know it's like 86 but yeah really? uh, biddy? the only time i've actually heard someone called a biddy was it was supposed to be endearing yeah 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 i've never heard that as an actual insult yeah probably because it's so fucking old exactly that insult is a biddy so he, he does eventually write the check and long goes and deposits it Aileen and Pat are out on the beach in the fog, and they flirt and flirt, and for some reason, they find Marty, the little daughter, okay, crying uh, on the beach, saying she's trying to find Judy. Okay. Who's Judy? We don't know. Okay. That's kind of part of the mystery of the book. Right. They take her back to the hotel, and by the time they get there, the sun is broken again, so the fog's gone. Okay. We also find out that Aileen set the trap door that was supposed to kill, to not kill, but supposed to hit George. All right. Yep. So it was Elaine, and they lied to Martha and Malin. Wow. Yeah, great, right? Kick her out of the band. Yeah. Yeah, Pat also lied. 
Because he's like, I was with Elaine the whole time. She couldn't have done this. He wasn't. And she did. The, these people suck. <laughs> I would hate this. Yeah. I, they're, uh, they're 20 and 24. And like, we were all jerks at 20 and 24. But like. I was awesome, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> have I known you for four years? I have. Um, Think very carefully about that. <laughs> Uh, I was definitely at least, I think I was 23 when we met, so. Yeah, you were. We were all in a different place then. Pat and Aileen bring Marty back to Martha, and Martha seems to have lost track. She's like, I, I, the way I can only describe it, like me physically, mm-hmm. I can only describe it because I just watched Blind Manor. Right. It's like the housekeeper in Blind Manor, how she just kind of spaces out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Martha did, and she just watched, like, didn't see her granddaughter leave in front of her. Uh-huh. She's like, oh no, where's my vineyard? Pretty much. Martha asks Marty if Judy is real, and Marty says, no, not real like you and me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mayland comes in with the deposit statement, and Martha asks how he got the money. He says he basically assaulted the man without thinking about it. It just happened. <sighs> Martha laughs it off and says, well, I mean, I've been telling you to be spontaneous. Jesus, woman. What does that mean? Because he, 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 he's very honest. He says, yeah. I grabbed him by the throat and assaulted him. Yeah. And Martha's like, well, I mean, I was telling you to be spontaneous. <sighs> See why I said no one's likable? Yeah, no. I mean, I can at least understand Mayland in the whole scenario when it was happening after it's done. Uh-huh. He's just like, I don't know why that happened. Maybe the cold, like, just affected my mind. And I'm <laughs> You're a psychopath. <laughs> exactly. It's like, exactly. Jesus Christ. Uh, he doesn't laugh with her. Right. I wouldn't either. I'd no. be like, God, why did I do that? How many red flags have we had? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in another room, George and Ted have a high conversation about whether either of them is gay. Uh, they aren't. Okay. How long of a conversation is that? It was it's like, like four sentences. You like dick? No. It's like, Me it's neither. like, man, I feel really good and I'm glad you're here. Oh, man, thanks, man. I'm glad you're here too. Hey, man, are you like, you know, straight? Or like queer. Well, if you're asking that, then you're interested. Interested in the answer. Maybe not interested in pursuing anything in the answer. No, why? Mm. It'd be like me, like, uh. <laughs> like I'm clearly straight, right? But if yeah. I asked you if you were gay, that doesn't mean that I want to know because I'm interested. It means that it's just like, I'm curious. Like, are you gay? But you would say like, I'm curious, not right at, like if we were both saying, man, this is great. Yeah. I love hanging out with you. Yeah. Right. If then you ask, are you gay? Hey, do you suck dick? Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's not out of nowhere. Asking That'd, for a friend. Feels like momentum. And, and it really did. It really did feel like momentum. But it, yeah, they're both just like, no. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. What a good conversation. You want to just try just to make sure? <laughs> George asks if Ted can get any nar- narcotics for his pain. Okay. So Ted's like, yo, I got like weed and some like supplements, but like. No, I don't do narcotics. Right. And George says, oh, you will. I know about Kotati. It's C-O-T-A-T-I. It's a town. And I I think it's an abbreviation, but I don't know. Okay. I have no idea what that is, but it freaks Ted out. Okay. And we cut away. George and Ted later start jamming. Okay. They're just impromptu high jamming. And the rest of the band kind of shows up, but no one can figure out what they're playing. <laughs> okay. Uh, because they're both high as kites. Right. And George ribs Elaine a bit, and we find out that they had a fling eight years ago, which stings Pat because Pat's into Elaine right now. Right, yeah. Martha makes sure George and Ted would be okay to play tonight since their playing is now dog tier. Dog so tier? Like, Ted, we're like, we know this was you. Uh, how long is this going to last? Like, you're going to be good for the show? He's like, nah, I'll be fine. Okay. Yep. Martha asks Liz, this is Liz, her daughter, 
on the phone um, if she knows who Judy is. Liz is supposed to come up and pick Marty up in a couple of days. Right. Um, she's like, do you know who Judy is? And Liz basically says, yeah, no, but like, I mean, I'm not surprised she's about the right age for imaginary friends. So, you know, that's okay. cool, I guess. Do you ever have an imaginary friend? I tried to. Yeah. Because I heard about kids having imaginary friends. And I was like, I want to do that. And then I just forgot and go do something else. Yeah. I never had one, but I would pretend like, okay, so this is a thing with like ghost stories where sure. you have a little kid who says they see someone or they're talking with someone. I don't fucking believe them. No. Because I did that just to freak my parents out. Yep. When I was very young. Yep. I'd be like, they feel uncomfortable if I pretend there's someone there and I talk to them. Kids are not a source. They will, if, yeah. you, if <laughs> you can incept them so easily. Yeah. You're just like, oh, do you see someone there? And they look at you and they know the answer is supposed to be no. They'll say yes. Yeah. No, I, I totally did that. So kids are stupid. <laughs> Malin comes in uh, with Marty and basically scolding the child, but doesn't tell Martha what happened. I don't know if we ever find out what happened. Great. Yeah. That evening, there's another performance. George doesn't show. Fucking George. Yeah, man. Long fills in on the keyboard. Um, Pat sings while they're playing uh, to cover the gaps of the bagpipes. Okay. So it's Malin on the keyboard. Pat's singing and playing. He's like, oh, he has an accordion. That's what he does. Okay. Um, and then the violin and the harp and the guitar. Martha goes back to her room after. Uh, and the babysitter, whose name is Sandy, says Marty isn't right in the head. Like something's wrong. Okay. So she goes over to her and Marty looks completely different. Uh, she shakes her martha kind of just like yo what's what's going on right and M- marty returns to normal you shouldn't shake kids by the way it, you shouldn't shake kids but it, i think it was more like a get your attention kind of and not like yeah. a will you stop slapping crying? the shit out of her yeah exactly <laughs> malin says that this is what happened the other day and martha says why didn't you tell me he's like would you believe me uh, okay about what believe about what again that i looked at marty and she looked different and then i looked again and she looked fine oh well, I mean, what does that even mean? That's what he said. Oh, okay. He's like, would you have believed me? And also, like, I couldn't be sure of myself because I have a really bad cold. Yeah. So I could have just been hallucinating. <laughs> uh, he leaves to find George. Marty sneaks out of the hotel lobby and is caught by Martha, who asks where she's going. Marty says, I got to find Judy. She's crying. Okay. Marty falls asleep before saying anything else. Okay. I am mildly intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. There's bones in this. There's good bones. Just the shit with Marty, though. I don't actually care about the band members. Yeah, correct. That's the right answer. (laughs) Yeah. The next morning, the band is all together, minus George, and a detective comes in with Ted and says that they found George's body at 6 a.m. Okay. He had been hung by the pier with a rope that was just like the one. He he had been hanged. No, he was hung. (laughs) Also, I typed it correctly. He wasn't hanged. We'll get to that later. Okay. He was hung. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a typo (laughs) at first, but it proved true. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll explain that. Uh, With a rope that was just like one described in a song that the group sang last night, and Martha recognized the detective. He was in the front row of the concert. Okay. Um, It's also the same rope that the band used as an example to show how to make rope from straw. Now, this rope was hand-twisted by Elaine and Pat. Okay. Like a couple of days ago in the parking lot, which is also apparently twisting rope together like that is an Irish like courting ritual. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But like they're both kind of into each other, but they're just like, nah, we're, we're doing this, but like, we're not doing this. Right. Right. Why do it? Like, you know, the connotation, <laughs> I, it'd be like me giving you a ring and saying, marry me, but not really. 
<laughs> if you just gave me a diamond ring and yeah. just didn't even make an issue of it, it's like, oh, I just got you this ring. I'd be yeah. like, uh, that's that's exactly what it was. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, except you, except you'd be into it too. You'd be like, oh, that's a good ring. I picked it out. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would probably pawn it. I'm not buying you a diamond ring. <laughs> I will go and get one of those. Like you put the quarter in the thing, twist the knob, and you get like a plastic little. Yeah. I'll get you one of those. If you give me a fake Super Bowl ring, I'd probably wear it. So this was the same rope that Pat and Elaine had twisted. Right. The detective questions them, gets their IDs, and he and Martha walk down to the station to confirm the body. In that time, uh, Liz, who is Martha's daughter, Marty's mom, right, comes down and says that she would have been there sooner, but her car had to be towed. So she was supposed to be there last night, and Martha was kind of worried about her, but there was no message. Right. Um, her car broke down and had to be towed. So she's there now. Okay. There's no more consequences to that. She was supposed to arrive last night. Oh, yeah. Pat and Long go to a bar nearby to have a drink and say a rosary for George. Okay. Liz meets with, oh, and they also say the rosary in Irish. Liz meets with an uncomfortable looking man who is from Kotati, the thing oh, that George was okay. like, oh, yo, I know. Uh, and he's a friend of Ted's, but he can't find Ted. And then he leaves. And that's the end of it. At this point, the booking agent comes into the police station and files a report saying, saying Malin Long grabbed him by the throat. Is this a couple days later? This is the next day. The next, why even wait a day? Because a he tells the police, and I don't remember if this happens or not. He tells the police that if you tell the that that Malin said, if you tell the police, I will kill you. But I don't think Malin actually said that. I don't remember. But I don't okay. Think. But the agent tells the police that, right? Because he's trying to like hype up his story. He also says that Malin threw him around the room, which didn't happen. He's clearly exaggerating. Does he have evidence or witnesses to this? There are some marks on his throat. That's it. That's not. Mm-hmm. It's not conclusive. Right. I don't think you could actually get any of that to stick, right? No, but a member of their band was also just murdered. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the two together kind of. I know. guess. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's kind of what the police say. So the detective picks up Malin and Martha goes with him to the station. Malin has his rights read and tells the story exactly how we perceive it. So Malin's like, no, I, I kind of blanked out, lost my temper, grabbed him, but didn't like throw him or anything. Why? Why? Why is he saying this? Why is he admitting to it? He wants to set the record straight. And if he has to face a punishment, <sighs> he is fine with it. He's rich. He's super rich. Yeah. Like richer than rich. There's also, there's a funny scene between him and the detective where the detective's like, have you been read your rights? And he's like, no, not yet. They just kind of picked me up. And so they wanted me for, for like questioning, but like, you know, um, they didn't, it's not a formal arrest or anything. Right. And the detective's like, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, and he's like, you know what? You probably should read me right, my rights. That way I can just say what I need to say. And the detective's like, oh, okay. And he does it for memory. And Long's like, do you have those memorized? He's like, yeah, for like 30 years now. I mean, I hope so. I hope so too. I hope all cops have it memorized. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, do you love that bullshit in shows or movies when there's some little loophole like, oh, you didn't read them their Miranda rights. We have to let them go. You didn't Mirandize him. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You yeah. just, you literally just read it to them and continue as, as usual. Yep. You don't let them go. Nope. The detective says, yeah, I have to keep you here. Um, these two events back to back are too suspicious otherwise. And Long agrees. He's like, yeah, that's cool. All right. I started skimming here. Nothing really happens for a while. There's reminiscing about events we've already seen, characters' thoughts about those reminiscings. So they think about it, and then they think about thinking about it. Okay. Uh, the only action that's taken is Martha goes to the booking agent's place and gives him a list of musicians that he stiffed over the years who will be willing to testify, and that's about it. He's but, like, 
Stiffing your axe is not justification for, for assault. assault. Exactly. It's dirty hands, right? You, <laughs> yes. You should be sued by these people. You should sue this person. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it's, it's all prevalent. Well, maybe less prevalent now, but like with the Chris Rock thing, we're like, just because a comedian tells a joke doesn't give you permission to yeah. go up and slap him. Yeah. No. Like you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to face assault no matter what you say. Right. Exactly. You can say what you want. Now, that's not saying people won't assault you because if you say some really racist stuff, you best believe you're probably going to get punched. Yeah. There, there's, you, you have the freedom of speech is free from persecution of the government. Right. That is not free of consequence. Right. Exactly. Things can big, happen. That's the big thing is freedom from consequences. Yeah. That thing. Marty disappears and there's quite a long search for her. Um, Pat and Long find her at a cabin. Out. Wow. I wrote this like... <laughs> It's like a hundred pages later, like nothing happened. hundred pages later? Yeah. Like nothing happened. Jesus. It was ridiculous. Uh, they find her at a cabin outside of town and Pat gets shot with rock salt from a shotgun. Okay. Who um, shot him? Someone named Sandy. Okay. Sandy is the babysitter from the time. She's like, yo, Marty doesn't look right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's her. She had Marty. Um, Why is she shooting people? Well, we're going to answer that. Okay. Ted is questioned by the detective because of the drugs that were found in George's room and the fact that he was being looked for by his friend from Kotati, but we still don't know anything about it except that he's a hippie. And that's where that thread ends. <laughs> we never find out like what Kotati means or what it is or anything like that. Kotati is known for dealing Oxycontin. Sure. So it's Kotati Oxycontin. But they specifically didn't deal narcotics. Fuck. I give up. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so there's like, again, verbatim for my notes. Okay, so there's like three false confessions for what happens here. Okay. <laughs> the gist of the story at the end, which I'm skipping to because this book is awful, is that Elaine okay. and George had a baby eight years ago when they had their thing. Oh, okay. George didn't know because <gasps> it was a one night stand. It's fucking Judy. Elaine was 16, which is illegal, and right. uh, scared and disowned from her family. So she basically panics and has the baby delivered by Sandy, the babysitter. Okay. What a coincidence. Yeah. Wow. Uh, from the beginning, who was spending time with Marty? That baby was born with the clap because she didn't go to oh, the doctor. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Messed up. yeah. <clears throat> it was deaf and blind and basically a non-functioning human being. Fuck. Elaine gave him to an institute to take care of and left. And when I say gave him, I mean dropped him, like ding-dong ditched him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Sandy or Martha was like, why didn't you like talk to them? Right. And she's like, I couldn't, I couldn't bear the shame. They're like, no, it's not a shame. You couldn't take care of a kid. Yeah, no, you can, you can go to any hospital in the country and just say, I can't take care of this kid and drop it off. Yep. No questions asked. Nope. <laughs> you can do that. They might make sure it's your kid, but you know. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> they might run one blood test. But. Yeah. So later on tour, George meets Sandy again and finds out that he has a son. Okay. But Sandy doesn't tell him about the conditions. So he kidnaps the boy from the Institute. Uh, and when he finds out that the kid is a literal mess who just has, they, for some reason, they go into extreme detail about super explosive diarrhea all the time. What the fuck? <laughs> it's gross. There's like, how can we make this kid as repulsive as possible? I guess. Uh, so when he finds out, he panics and calls Elaine. Elaine says, screw you. You asked for this by kidnapping him and hangs up. Okay. He takes the baby boy to the pier. Well, not a baby. He's eight years old. To the pier nearby, and Elaine finds him there, about to throw the baby into the ocean. Okay. She is the harpist, and she hits him in the back of the head with her piano wrench. Oh, damn. And breaks his neck. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, killing him. But she doesn't know that she killed him. She thinks she just knocked him unconscious. There's a very fine line between those two things. Yeah. And a piano wrench is not subtle enough. Right. So she panics again and she wants it to seem like a suicide. So she takes the rope um, that she and Pat Mm. made earlier, ties a knot around it and puts it around his head. And lowers his corpse into the into the uh, water because she doesn't realize he's already dead. Did the did police find the There's spot where one she mention where he has like a bludgeon mark on the back of his head? Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, I guess that's not a thing. He clearly hung himself. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay, that's what I said. <laughs> really? They could have said like, really? Maybe his head was close to the edge of the dock. I think actually, no. I think I think I think. I think now that I think about it, there is another line where they're like, it's it's in the same spot where if he jumped, the rope would have carried him and he would have hit Swung the Swung and smacked. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. But like, I don't think that's right because a wrench would leave a very thin bludgeon, right? If you're hitting with a okay, handle. Yeah. I don't know how, um, I'm picturing more like a tire iron because it's a piano tuning wrench. So like that would leave a very distinct thing. It, like if you hit, if you hit the stone of a pier or, or the wooden of a support or whatever, yeah. it would kind of bludgeon the whole back of your head. Not just like one specific right. impact. Point. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Also, there'd probably be uh, bits of wood if that was the case. Yeah. 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 So that's why I said it was correct when I said he was hung because he wasn't hanged because he was already dead. So she hung him from the pier. Oh. <laughs> okay. Which was a typo at the time, but then yeah. ended up proving true. That's cool. I mean, just to prove you wrong once in an argument <laughs> for a book you didn't read, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> So she, uh, Elaine, calls Sandy then, who takes the kid uh, and finds Marty looking for the kid, whose name is Jude. Jude. His name is Jude. Nicknamed Judy. Nicknamed Judy because, you know, six years old and like, right. you know, they don't know anything. Sandy takes the two kids to, San- to her place until they can figure out what's going on. Malin finds them there. Pat is shot with rock salt by Sandy, who doesn't recognize him. So she's just like... Marty's playing outside. Pat comes up and picks her up and she's like, oh my God, somebody's taking Marty. Oh, okay, okay. Um, didn't realize who it was. And they all go back to the hotel to set the record straight. At the end of the day, the detective knows that Elaine was guilty of manslaughter, not murder, because he died in a struggle to save the baby. So he was trying to murder the baby. She hit him to stop him, okay. which killed him. So the fact that she hung the body over the pier at the end Uh, and he was already dead means that she didn't kill, like she didn't murder him, even though she intended to, Mm -hmm. because he was already dead. You still intended to murder somebody. Yeah, I... There should be consequences. I don't, I don't even know. Guess what there's not? (laughs) Any consequences. Well... At all. If they ruled manslaughter, she has to serve prison time. Nope. But that's, that's what happens if you get manslaughter. Not in this book. Maybe not in the 80s. (laughs) Maybe not in the 80s. I don't know. The agent also says he isn't, uh, not the, the booking agent says he also isn't pressing charges. Um, Why not? There's a hint that it's because Martha intimidated him by saying all these people are going to sue you if you do. Okay. But the detective just says, yeah, he mysteriously said he withdraws his his complaint. So I guess you're free to go. Why wouldn't they just sue him anyway? They should. It's a breach of contract. Yeah. There's no reason not to sue him. Correct. (laughs) Uh, assuming they had a contract. I don't know. I hope they maybe had a contract. Just, maybe just word of mouth. Why would you waste your time if you don't have a contract? Because you're a stupid band member. I guess. You're not going to make money that way. No. Uh, that's the end of the book. Is they're all free to go. Great. Everyone. We also we find out that Pat Sullivan is actually in America under his cousin's name, Pat Sullivan. Okay. And his cousin is 20 and he's 24 because he didn't have a visa and he has like a boat 
tournament that he's supposed to race in. Okay. But he couldn't get the visa in time, so he took his cousin's passport. Okay. He's also free to go. <laughs> um, even though he committed identity theft. Um, the fact that he's a dragon is only brought up the one time when he's like, I lost control. Okay. Uh, you wrote a book about a guy who's a dragon. Yeah. And you didn't have him dragon. <laughs> That's, yeah. Like, this is the most boring book that contains a dragon ever. That's That's... So... <laughs> here's here's what I finish in my notes. Okay. What a stupid book and a complete waste of time. This has a 3.6 out of 5 on Goodreads, and I cannot fathom why. It is a completely disjointed, assuming adventure that that just takes things that the author knows, assumes you know them too, and it jumps from confusing point to confusing point throughout the entirety of the story until the last confession, which sets everything else clear, but that doesn't erase the other 60 pages it wasted my time with. <laughs> I hate this book, which is such a shame because the characters are very well done. Pat has his own conflicts that aren't relevant to the story at all, so I left them out until just now. Right. Um, Martha McNamara is a well-written character except for the fact that she's kind of like a Mary Sue in a way. Yeah. Um, Except for when the plot requires her not to pay attention to her granddaughter that one time. Right. Um, And Malin Long is a friggin' dragon, except that he isn't in this. He's just a man with heightened senses because he never does anything dragon-related except lose his temper once and get overcome by the depression that wafts off Jude. So Jude exudes, like, a sense of, like, you suck. Okay. How do you mess up writing a man who's a dragon's avatar? (laughs) How do you mess that up? Now, because I went back and listened to the other episode, there are a few more points that I have that I didn't have in my notes. Okay, okay. That being... In the first book, there is a prophecy that Mayland will lose all that he has. Yes. And gain Zen. Yeah. He hasn't lost anything, though. He hasn't lost anything. Right. Still. Still rich. Still rich. He also, at the end of, I didn't even write it down because it didn't occur to me. Martha, he proposes to Martha and she accepts at this point. Okay. He went through such a harrowing adventure. Sure. Yeah. Um, Were either of them in danger at any point? You thought Mayland was at one point, but really it was just the babysitter with a rock salt shotgun. Yeah, like literally the 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 A lane attacked yeah. George. Yep, and she had no intention of attacking anyone else. Correct. <laughs> what a shit story. Yep. Um, the other thing is there is one reference to the fact you remember in the first book too. Martha is the one who knows all Zen. I don't remember right? that she's, at all, actually. She's the embodiment of Zen. Okay. That comes up once when the detective is like, there's something different about you. And the, and Malin's like, you should listen to her. She knows everything. <laughs> okay. And that's what the detective says. He's like, all right. Maybe that's why she seems like a Mary Sue. Because she is, by definition, if she the, knows everything. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> But at least there's something behind they it. They gave other her a than, mystical reason for it. Yeah, yeah. It's that not didn't just, make it better for Ray. It's not solely bad writing. <laughs> well, it is. Well, I, no, because then there's this the lore bit, right? Yeah, I guess so. But is is Ray being a Mary Sue due to the she, bad writing or the lore? She's being guided by the Force, and Martha's being guided by Zen. Yeah. What about Captain Marvel? Uh, she, her, specifically Brie uh, Larson. She, she, uh, her power is fueled by feminism and, uh, that's why and she's butch so haircuts. strong. Yeah. And it, anyway, I don't actually have I a I don't mind there. butch haircuts though. They're kind of neat. I don't either. I just thought it was, it's, it's on brand. And there's like a couple of other references where Long's like, I'm, I, that's why I like her because she's the Zen. Mm. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that was a plot point. 
I guess. Maybe yeah. That. If I if someone told me that about their girlfriend, I, I'd probably call him a creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like, you're fucking weird, dude. What if it was? What if it was a little old black Chinese man with a Oxford accent? A, a black Chinese man? Did I not make that clear? That's why it's called the Black Dragon. I didn't know he. I I was picturing an Asian man this no. whole time. No, he's black. So he's not Asian. He is Asian. He is Chinese, but he is black. There's no such thing <laughs> unless his, one of his parents was black and the other was Chinese. How about he's magic? Nobody Does anybody comment was, on this? No. Nobody's like, sir, you are a race that doesn't exist. <laughs> no. That's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, he's a black dragon and he's... There's also like in the first one, there were references to why Chinese dragons are different from other dragons. Yeah, I remember they that. they can like hold pens and they crave Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's none of that in this. Okay. Um, thank God. Yeah. Nothing else happens in this. It's, I paid for this book. <laughs> <laughs> Did you refund it? No, I got it on Kindle. You can still refund that shit. <gasps> How? You just, you just go to Amazon digital orders refund. On every episode of this show, the person who read the book must give the book a rating. Our rating system consists of five levels. At the very bottom, we have toilet paper. The book is worth no more than the physical material that it is made of. The second tier is shampoo bottle. It's uh, not very good at all, but uh, it's something, right? The third tier is Ikea manual. It's either competently written or it's entertaining, but it can't be both. The fourth level is Kindle Pick. We recommend you buy it discounted or electronically. And then the highest tier uh, we can give a book is hardcover, instant classic, must buy. But I really think we only have one rating that matters in this case. Yeah, and it's fitting. Daenerys Targaryen, the first of her name, Queen of Marine, Queen of the Andals, and the Hoynar. The Roynar. The Roynar of fucking... Uh, Queen of Hemorrhoids and the First Men, Lady Regent of the Seven Kingdoms, Protector of the Realm, Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, called Daenerys Stormborn, Breaker of Chains, Misa, the Unburnt Mother of Dragons. Danny, what's your rating for, uh, Twisted Rope? That's a fair title. Um, my rating is actually very fitting because this book was a lot worse than the previous one. Right. We gave the previous one, I gave the previous one a shampoo bottle. Yeah. This is a toilet paper, for sure. Yeah. Complete okay. and utter trash. I figured. <laughs> not entertaining in any way. Not competently written. Mm-hmm. So the, the I, I my mind was blown because I remember reading a book where I complained about the way that the author writes quotation marks. Right. Where they quote, they put quotes at the first, the beginning of a paragraph, and then not at the end. Yeah, they don't close it they until close it. completely finished. This did the opposite. there were no quotes at the beginning so i would just be reading and then somebody would start talking and i wouldn't know because there's no quotation marks or page breaks and then they would put quotes at the end of the paragraph jesus like you you failed hard left and now you've gone too far the other way right you need both (laughs) or i guess apparently the other way was fine but i didn't like it yeah how how do you mess that up (laughs) and like obviously it's more like the editor than the author yeah but how do you mess that up was it the same publisher do you know i don't think so Oh, okay. It might have been okay. originally, but this version I have is like an electronic book that was done in 2014. So uh, they should have known better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This was terrible. Yeah. It was awful. It was not entertaining. Yeah. It was fun to make fun of. 
I'm glad I didn't, uh, you know, because a lot of times I you know, I try to follow all these these threads and everything. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that the expectation was very low for this book. Yes. I didn't have to follow a whole lot. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like we said. And, and that's why I kind of told you in the beginning that a lot of it was just like, yeah, this happens. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because a lot of I'm not even going to say a lot of things happen. Things happen. Right. That just don't mean anything. They don't go anywhere. They're not explained. There's all kinds of Irish throughout this thing that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to look it up. I shouldn't have to. Right, right. Tell me yourself or I'll write a review about it. Um, it's a weird flex for an author to do that. And, yeah, and I think in the, I think in the beginning he, they they wrote something. I still don't know if it's a man or female. Um, <laughs> but they wrote something that was like, I got very interested in Irish culture and this is the result of that. And like, I get that. Yeah. 100%. But that doesn't mean I, as a reader, have to like it. Right. That's not enough. It's not. I am justified in my opinion of saying... You wrote hot garbage. Right, 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 right. Sorry if this is your favorite book. <laughs> it's not. It's got a three point six on I'm on on yeah, Goodreads. Out of five. It's no nobody's out of five? Out of five. What the fuck? I thought you were talking about out of ten. No, out of five. Oh which is God. worse than the first book, which was like a three point eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jesus. I, I don't understand it. Right, I right. I don't right. get how this book is that well received. I also don't know how many reviews there were, but well, uh, this might be the only time I'm saying this, but if this is your favorite book, you're wrong. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Scientology and the history of man can be your favorite book, and I would approve of that over this. Yeah, no, I would. I would agree. Weirdly, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you want to lash out at us for our bold claims here on this episode, you can email at us. Uh, email at us. Email at us. You can email us at a page too far at gmail.com. That's a page T O O far at gmail.com. We also have socials. We have Instagram slash a page too far, Twitter at a page too far. Yep. You could also check out our YouTube channel. We upload our regular episodes up there as well as uh, little tidbits of our Twitch stream, which. Great segue. We go right into we stream on Twitch. Uh, a game too far. You can go to twitch.tv slash game too far. Um, we just hired a pixel artist to do some nice little slides yeah. for uh, for intermission and stuff. So. I had an idea for for what I wanted, and then you're like, "Can you clarify?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, it's a uh, it's a process, you know. Yeah, trying to communicate, yeah. to, but they're very highly rated. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. So uh, check us out there. Uh, you should definitely check out our Patreon. Yes. We have tens and tens of hours of extra content on there. <laughs> You're not wrong. I, we, I don't know if we passed 100 yet. I have to do the calculation. Ooh, on Patreon. I don't think so. I don't think we've surpassed I think 100. I, I'm going to guess we're at like 85, 90. Yeah, I think we're getting close. Not quite 100 yet. Yeah. But there's a bunch of shit on there. We have a bonus episode every month. Those are longer, less cut down. Uh, average is two to three hours on those ones. Yeah, the books we, are usually around 400 pages. Yeah, no, we do chunkier books and go more in depth about those. We also have outtakes, which is essentially just blooper reels that we throw together every month that are available on there. Love them. We have footnotes. Those are, if we go on an especially long tangent that's like 10 minutes or more, we'll cut that down to a footnotes, put that on the old Patreon. And we also, lastly, have movie commentaries. We'll do one every month. We might do more than one because they're pretty easy to do. Yeah. Um, on how we're feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check all that out. We have a list. If you want us to do a commentary on anything specific, let us know. Yeah, totally. We want to hear anything. The only thing that's coming to mind that uh, that I wanted to say was, uh, and then you should cut it there. <laughs>